Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boeslaw. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest for today, Ben Winter. He is an author, a speaker, an actor, an improvist, an entrepreneur, traveler, father, like so much more. Um, and he loves to explore physical places around the world, but also to explore the mind. Welcome, Ben. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Is blue your favorite color or that's just- It is actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I wore the right lipstick. I didn't even know. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Made Excellent. my day. Because <laughs> um, I was debating blue or purple, which one should I? There you go. All right. So I am super excited to get started because that whole exploring the mind thing just sounds so interesting. So first off, tell me what have you written? So I've written several books. Uh, the first one was called, or first one is called Living Unscripted, which is really just about using the tools and techniques of improv for everyday life. And that one sort of came about uh, as a result of many different aspects of my life, which include uh, doing a lot of personal growth work, doing improv, owning a business. And it all just sort of came together as, you know, improv is life there's there's really nothing else to it um the problem is most people don't know that when they're watching an improv show there are rules that the actors are following and unless the actors are following those rules the show is going to be a disaster so if you've ever enjoyed improv it's because of a simple set of rules and life follows those rules and That's so awesome. You know, we don't grow up with our parents telling us what these rules are. We just kind of go through life. So, yes. Yeah. Awesome. So that's the first one that I wrote. And uh, there's oh. several variations of that one. So. Oh, OK. Would you mind sharing one of the rules? Uh, yeah. So most people, when you at, talk about improv, a lot of people know that one of the biggest rules is called yes and. Okay. which. Yeah, most people, either they've heard it somewhere or they know it from something. And the, the rule yes and really applies to kind of accepting what is in the moment and adding to that moment. So if you think about it, anytime anybody is stuck or they go to a psychiatrist or psychologist or they're, they're trying to get help for something, first they have to accept that there's a problem. Um, yes. So as soon as you accept that there's a problem, then you can do something about it. So on stage, if some, you know, if two people walk in and so one says, hi, mom, the other person has to say, yes, I'm mom. And they have to add to the scene because if they come in and say, I'm not your mother, I'm your sister. Right now, yeah. the scene's not believable. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's freaking out. Um, the audience is like, huh? Yeah. Um, but if they if they embrace being mother, then they can add to the scene and make it go wherever they want. They can say, you know, don't hi mother me, you spilled paint in the garage. That, <laughs> now we have a scene, now we can build yes. something. And I love uh, that. Exactly. So in life, it's no different. If somebody says something to you that you're not happy with, or they're, you know, the political system's crazy and you're like really upset about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, the reality is it's crazy or the person said something to upset you and now what you yeah. have to accept this is where we are and what can we do about it and so I that's where that. that rule is 
I love that. That's so applicable to life. A lot of people, they just don't want to accept what's going on right now. Right. My mom is, my mom is one of the worst for that. <laughs> She's always, well, you know, if somebody just did, or this just happened and I'm like, okay, but nobody is. And that didn't, we are just here right now. Can we accept right now? So, so what else have you written? So like I said, there's variations of that book. You know, one is specific to relationships, one specific for business. Um, and, you know, the, the most recent one that I've written is is called What to Expect When Having Expectations. Love so it. it. So it kind of feeds into the rules of improv. And mm. one of the things when I've been teaching improv or teaching team building, I keep coming across this one point which is that nobody gets upset unless an expectation hasn't been met and i was like yes. okay that's really a cool saying and mm -hmm. i can't and I, I explored it for a really long time i'm like well i can't find a flaw to that um yeah you know i would come up with every scenario i could think of of why somebody would get upset and on the other side of that equation is an expectation yeah and so i was like okay well it's cool but what do i do with it and <laughs> it's like so i used the analytical mind to come up with like a flow chart Okay. Kind of walks you through from being upset with an expectation and going through all the stuff. And then I was like, well, there's so much depth to this thing. Because mm -hmm. every time you say no to a question, there's like a whole couple pages of book to, to write. Wow. And so I wrote a book about expectations. So I love it. How long did it take you to write that one? Uh, it took me a little while just because. Sounds like it. Well, it was it was weird because I had to like get it out <laughs> it's just like yeah. spitting ideas onto pages and then I was like okay how do I get it all to flow in a in the standpoint of a book yeah and yeah that's what took a little while is I had all the ideas out everything was down it was just stitching it together <laughs> nice I love that and I love that expectation part I talk about that in my most recent book too but not nearly as in-depth as yours mine's just like a tiny little chapter um, but I love that do you talk about where expectations like what they could be rooted in where they might come from at all absolutely so think back to when you were a kid yeah. uh, everything that we you know, everybody grows up saying, I don't want to be like my parents. And either you're exactly the opposite of your parents, or you're exactly like your parents. Yes. Uh, there's some middle ground. Don't, oh, yeah. you know, I'm not, not I'm going to generalize. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, we grow up, we have kids and we're like, I just sounded like my mom just then. I know, know, I do that all the time. Right. And you're like, where did that come from? Well, that came from how we were parented. So that is our expectation of how to parent. Now, obviously, with technology being what it is, we come across things we've our parents never had to think of. Yes, um, yeah. Like cell phones weren't around back when I was a kid. So yeah. now it's a I have to parent from the standpoint of I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm making it up as I go. But uh, that's kind of where expectations really come from is how we grow up and the society yes. that we're in the culture that we're in what we see around us mm -hmm. um you know if you grow up in a bad neighborhood you kind of expect to walk around with your guard up all the time yeah that's good if point. you 
if you grow up in the suburbs where you're always playing on the streets, you go everywhere not having your guard up. And or unless you go to that spot where your parents always warned you and then you're like, eh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're being a rebel, going to the elephant graveyard. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of where our expectations come from. So it's I love that. Yeah, that's that's how I explain it in my book, just because of I'm explaining where my expectations come from and I talk about my parents. So I love that. That is fantastic. So let's go to when you were little then, (laughs) because, you know, we're talking about expectations from the past. So let's go to the past. Um, Can you share about where some of your expectations might have come from and how you ended up being an author, speaker, actor, all that, all this stuff? Yeah. Wow. That's a deep story there. All right. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to sum it up the best I can from what I've been learning about myself and all the personal growth that I've done and writing and everything. uh, A lot of my expectations came from, I'm going to say bad friend experiences. Okay. So my best friends in elementary school beat me up after school one day and I had no idea why. At the time, it was just like I, that. It just happened, and it was like the most dramatic thing ever. And I went yeah. home crying and all that. And in middle school, another friend kind of tried to steal from me, and you know, I I kind of shut out friends at a certain point. And so it was, well, yeah, yeah. It's like I can't trust people. It yeah. was really, um, even my brother like was stealing money from me, and um. You know, so it's like, I can't trust people mm-hmm. was kind of the big thing. Yeah. And it really came down to, I can't trust guys. I can't trust men um, because I have no issue trusting women. I like women. I can befriend all day long, men. I'm just like, mm, you stay over there. I'm not yeah. sure about you. It's like, it yeah, takes longer. Bad, bad history. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, in growing up, in high school and college, I really didn't have any self-esteem whatsoever. And so I didn't really try to follow my dreams or anything because, you know, I wanted to grow up. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted, (laughs) I wanted to be a TIE fighter in Star Wars. Like I, (laughs) everything I wanted, Um, but I didn't, I didn't go after my dreams. And it wasn't until about 10 years after my first corporate job that I was like, I'm out. I'm, done yeah. I don't I don't even know what I want to do but I'm I'm done yeah and so I started a business um kind of through happenstance and yep. uh, from there well slightly before starting the job I I did get into improv which okay and during those 10 years in the corporate world I was doing personal growth and the improv mm-hmm. but then I think that helped lead me to it being okay for me to quit everything and yeah. after doing improv for a while, having a business for a while and just everything coming together, it was like, well, I need to write about this because I want to start this other business mm-hmm. uh, to teach improv, uh, to get paid very well to teach improv. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, people kind of like to hire people who are authors for some reason. So I'm going to become yes. an author. Well, that's so, kind of why I did it too. Yeah, so it's a little bit <laughs> selfish, obviously, but at the same time, the message is absolutely valid. Anybody can benefit oh, yeah. from it. So yeah. it's not like I just created a book for the sake of a book, but um, yeah. 
that's kind of the the quick journey of it um okay. let's wow. just say the the personal growth and the improv really helped take me out of my shell for sure which is awesome so let's start digging into some mental health here I, we kind of touched on it because you must have been devastated having your friends do that kind of thing to you that could not have been easy for your mental health and you talked about how you had low self-esteem going into college so can you tell us a little bit about just your mental health journey I know that's a that's a big broad question sure and I, I think it it definitely is an alignment uh so I think sometimes when we're well, I'm going to speak for myself. When I was in it, when I was down, not feeling good about myself, I don't think I realized how bad it was until I got out of it. Yes. Um, so looking back, you know, it was pretty sad. Like I, I really didn't have a lot of self-esteem. I, um, like I didn't even have my, I can't even say I had a first date in college. Um, there were opportunities in college that I just didn't even see because I was so naive about it. Yeah. And it wasn't until after college started working that I got into the personal growth that it was kind of like, uh, and the beauty of personal growth is it's just a bunch of mirrors that get held up. It's like, Hey, look at this. I love that analogy. Hey, look at this. Cause you know, if you ever go to personal growth and you're feeling attacked, well, I can almost guarantee nobody's attacking you except you. Yes. Um, it's because somebody's holding up a mirror that you didn't want to look at. And you're like, oh God, don't show me that. Yes. Uh, and that's that's basically what's happening in personal growth. And a, a lot of it, a lot of personal growth I was angry with. And it took quite a while for me to really realize that no, I was just angry with myself. Yeah. Um, and they they were just holding up mirrors left and right. And I was, you know, I was saying some good things. I was mm-hmm seeing some results which is why I kept doing it yeah Uh, but it took several years for me to really kind of get oh mm. yep I wasn't angry at that class I was angry with myself and now I can now that I know that I can accept it and I can do something about it so that is so important so I love a bunch of things that you said there the whole thing but really I want to pinpoint a couple of things for everybody um the fact that it's holding up mirrors to yourself is such an amazing analogy, right? And so I've taken a lot of yoga teacher training. So I, I teach yoga. And one of the things that they talk about a lot is your affirmations, saying affirmations and saying them in a mirror, right? So it's that same concept. You say it in a mirror because you need to see yourself, that personal growth of somebody basically holding up the mirror to you so that you can see, oh yeah, like that wasn't, mad at that class I was mad at myself it is so important to look inward I love that um so that was yeah that's probably the best way anybody's ever explained it and the other piece that I think really helped me was getting into improv you know I had all the excuses of why I couldn't yeah I wasn't smart enough funny enough and blah 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 I took a class and the first thing they said you know, there are rules to improv. You follow the rules, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can follow rules. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And the first time I got up on stage to do improv, like once we had a little bit of training and I was, yeah. I was on stage, I felt completely at home. I was not scared. Yeah. It was like, 
this beautiful environment of it's okay to fail. It's yes. okay to stumble. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect right now. And for whatever reason in the real world, I had like, you have to be perfect. You have to do it right. I was going to ask if you had some perfectionism qualities. Oh yeah. 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 That comes from my mom. <laughs> Me too. My, mine come from my mom too. Yeah. Probably from my dad too, but in a yeah, different no, mine way. Mine come from my dad. Yeah. No, that all my mom for me. Yeah. So, but improv gave me permission to just be silly, to play, to fail, to not fail. Like it didn't matter what happened. It's just, you're on stage, you're following the rules. If it yeah. works great. And yeah. if it doesn't, people laugh at you either way. And that's just fun. So who cares? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and for, I used to love improv. So I remember this is grade eight. So it feels like a million years ago, <laughs> but we did during drama class, we would do improv and it was one of my favorite things to do, but I do realize that not everybody loves improv. Right. But what I think is that if everybody can find something that makes them that happy, that it doesn't matter if I fail, I'm just going to do it. Cause I like doing it. Everybody needs that in their life. Yeah. I, I honestly think improv should be taught in school as a, a class that everybody should take right along with finance and everything else. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I loved it. My grade eight teacher was like the core drama guy at the school. So I got lucky that I didn't get put in the other grade eight class where yeah. they didn't get to do that fun stuff. I think it just like, I, I think it might've been one of the best things for my, my self-esteem. And I think kids these days going into high school need as much yes. boost as possible yes. to have self-esteem so if you know, if they can learn improv in eighth grade hell yeah yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah all for it my youngest just started grade nine this year and what you just said just totally rung true on the self-esteem was very very low um not that not that he's gotten into improv he's more of an artist and uh not more of he is an artist um but the self-esteem builds when you find things that you're good at and improv is just something that like you said it teaches you to be silly it teaches you it's okay to fail I totally agree with you everybody at some point before high school even nowadays even before like grade seven eight because it's rough out there now as a kid <laughs> yeah I mean I think technology expedites all of that so for sure yes everyone's <laughs> growing up much faster than than they should be I feel like so let's yeah. talk about your self-esteem because you brought that up a few times so when did you notice that well and you said it before you didn't you don't really notice till you look back but now that you can look back when would you say that your self-esteem kind of went in the dumps <sighs> I, I'd say it's it probably was middle school yeah. you know, when the, the second friend sort of did their thing, yeah. um, high school probably solidified it for me. Um, you know, I things try start to, try to block out high school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, you know, I, th I kind of feel like, you know, high school is kind of that, that point in the curve where it just starts to take off. Mm -hmm. So you, you think you're smart, you think you're smart, you think you're smart. And then you get like that one thing that says you're not, and you're like, oh, I'm not smart not yes. good enough yep. um and it and it could have just been a crappy teacher you know mm -hmm. they i don't 
want to bash teachers because they already get bashed enough but every now and then there is a bad teacher yeah Um, i'm not gonna say they're all bad but yeah you get that one or two that you're just like or it's not that they are necessarily bad teacher but they don't because they have so many students right that they don't teach the way that you might learn but they might be great for another kid but they're just not so great for you or, or they're just not in tune with the class to realize, like, yes. I'm going too fast for the majority of the class. Yes. Or, you know, there were there were some bad teachers. My parents, yeah. you know, they put the hammer down on some of those. But, <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, there's there are just there's some different teaching styles, and I think because there's so many different teachers in high school, because each mm-hmm. but each subject is a different teacher. Yes. You know, you might think you're really good at one subject and then you get that one teacher that teaches it differently or is bad at their job. Yep. And, you know, then you decide, oh, I guess I'm not good at this. Yeah. Or or friends or lack of friends or, you know, you're trying to hang out with people and then they don't want you. It's like, mm-hmm. I think high school is a breeding ground for smashing self-esteem into the ground. Yes. Yeah. Right now with doing everything online, I know it doesn't work for all kids. But it has been a godsend in my house. My my kid, like I said, just started the grade nine. And so they finished semester one, straight A's. Now, anybody who knew my kid previously would know. So my child has autism and depression and all that stuff. And before the, the teachers, they just didn't want to deal with the behavior right? So they'd give them work that was really, really too easy for him or didn't make make him try hard or whatever. And his grades and his report cards were just really bad. So he'd get like 60, 70s, but more importantly, those, at least in Canada, I don't know how it is in other parts of the world. We have a section where it's like independence, um, organization, like some soft skills. Mm-hmm. And it was always ends for him, always ends. But this doing it online from home so taking away that breeding ground as you called it for bad self-esteem taking that part away for him anyways his self-esteem skyrocketed so straight A's but more importantly what I was so impressed with was goods across those soft skills so it can be an N which is the worst a G in the middle and then an S S's across the whole whole thing and I was like and, you know, for some kids, I know that they're doing much worse doing it online, but that's just it. You have to find what kind of works for you. And I love that analogy of the breeding ground of high school, because that's how it was for me. I hated it. I skipped a lot. I talk about it in my book. I'm not saying to skip. Um, I'm just saying I did. <laughs> um, yeah, my, yeah. I mean, my son, I think, is kind of the opposite, where he needs that social interaction. Yeah. And um, how old is he? he- he is in fifth grade, so he's 11. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, he's he just thrives in the social environment, so he needs to be in yeah. school. And because uh, I think he just kind of gets bored and yeah. sad that he doesn't have his friends around. You know, he's I kind of feel like I've done a really good job. Uh, his mother and I have done a really good job of raising him to be kind of strong and smart and good. Um, you know, he's into sports, which I think really helps with like developing leadership skills. If you yes. take it that direction, like if you don't yeah, make yeah. it all about competition, you make it about leadership. Um, and he's just such a, a 
a great kid because he actually cares about other people he's always checking in on other people he's my hope is he's that guy in high school that will check in with his friends will check like if somebody's getting bullied he's gonna step in and stop it like that's where i'm working with him is like that is fantastic i I don't want you to be the bully but i want you to step up and put the bullies in place yeah yeah um, because I, I kind of feel like he'll be able to do that because if he's into sports, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be confident about it. So I, yes. that's my hope and goal. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's that's where I'm leading for him. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that we just need to be open minded, right? Different things work for different people and we mm-hmm. have to be understanding. And that kind of leads us sort of back to our mental health. Because if we can be a little bit more understanding and understand that everybody thinks different, they learn different, they interact differently, then you don't need to bully them, right? You don't need to be like, why are you so different? Because we have an understanding that we are all different, right? So we talked about when you were, when you figured out your low, and I know you've sort of touched on how you kind of climbed out of it, this personal growth you keep saying, but can you give us a little more specifics on what some of that personal growth was? Yeah, I, for sure. Um, so basically, there's a company called Sci Seminars. Um, some people have heard of Landmark. Um, it's another big one. They're very similar in nature from the people that I know that have done both. I've only done the one. Um, but I started doing a lot of the classes there. And it was, I think, in like one of the higher level classes, uh, something switched. And the the reason I know that is because people kept telling me like, Ben, you're walking upright. I didn't know who you were because I would walk around with a slouch. And then one day I was just, I was like, (laughs) look at me. woohoo!" You know, I think that was kind of the first point when I physically became more, uh, um, or when I physically had more self-esteem, Yes, you know, because when you're, feeling good about yourself you kind of stand upright you yeah yeah it shows I, i'm chuckling because so me and my husband have been together for 14 years now and somewhere in that first couple of years we get up in the morning and he he stands up and i go you're that much taller than me really <laughs> because he did the same thing he always slouched down and i don't know what it was maybe it was i think we had just graduated from college at the time um, so maybe it was that or whatever it was, but that same kind of instance of you've now stood up straight and it's so true. So if you see somebody walk around, they're slouched over, it might, I mean, it could be a physical issue, but it might maybe. be something to do with their self-esteem. Maybe give them a little, Hey, you're doing awesome today. Look at you. Yeah. I like your shirt. I, it, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we wear, it's very obvious sometimes if you if you pay attention enough it's very obvious who's struggling and who's not and what's happening just because of the physical yeah uh, that's happening with people so you know i think that was one of the first moments when you know i started to find the confidence and um i just sort of kept building it from there Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh i think it was kind of the improv yeah. Is another big piece to that. And how long have you been doing improv? <clears throat> I've been doing it for 10 years. Okay. No, 12. I keep saying 10, but it's I've been saying <laughs> 10 for like two years. So <laughs> it's like me and kickboxing. So now I just say it well yeah. over 10. 
over over 10 years it's yeah. probably i've lost track but over exactly. 10 years so over 10 over 10 yeah. uh and then I, I won't lie owning a business is personal growth all day every day <laughs> mm, i know just starting this podcast i have had to learn a, a youtube channel i've had to learn so many things like all right everybody so before i started recording our interview here with ben i was trying to play with my ring light all right and i could not get the glare out of my glasses and ben was like hey if you just put it up more then it will be helpful i mean it won't totally take it away like if i look up right and i go awesome so it's always growing. You're always learning something when you're, well, when you're doing anything really, but you're always learning something, especially when you're taking your own initiative. And by exactly. the way, thank you for that tip. <laughs> yeah. And it's what, you know, every day you're the one that has to say, okay, it's time to do this. Like you don't have a boss telling you when it's due. You like, unless you have a client, in which case, yeah, you yeah. have some idea of a due date, but <clears throat> you're, I mean, you, you have to kick your own butt every day. <laughs> yeah. It's the same with authors. And that's why I love talking to authors because so, some of them do have, you know, the big publishers behind them that give them the due dates, but a lot of us are self-published. I didn't ask, are you self-published or. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm... I thought so. Um, so a lot of us are self-published. So we do, we have to kick ourselves in the butt. We have to give our own deadlines. And even then they're, they're not hard deadlines really. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm struggling with my next book. So it's like, Okay. What's the concept of it, if you don't mind sharing? <laughs> so it's all about everybody being uh, right. Not right as in right in politics, but everybody's yeah. right about their views, their beliefs, their perceptions, okay. which, yeah. which can suck because it's like, well, I'm right and you're wrong, but they're not based on their perception. So yes, perception is everything. Yeah. And now I've and I've been struggling with it because it's like, okay, well, if everybody's right, well, like, what's the point of the book and how do we, you know, get there? But, uh, you know, I, I think when it's something that's subjective, yeah. there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. Yes. But when there's cold, hard facts, choosing to be wrong on purpose, mm -hmm. just because you don't want to be wrong mm -hmm. um, is kind of very detrimental. And so I kind of have, have, been diving into how to distinguish between those things yes. um, and using the like rules of yes and to help mm -hmm. get, get people there because you know if you tell somebody that they're wrong they're going to fight you yeah if you agree with them and then say well have you and you ask questions and you yeah. provide more information they might get to the conclusion on their own that they're wrong yeah and at and the if, same i love that book and at the same time i mean people like I said, they're always right in their opinion. But if you give them facts, opinions can change. They don't have to be set in stone. And I think that's a big problem with some people is they're so scared to be wrong that they don't want to admit that they have now learned so they can change their opinion. It's not yeah. to say that hey, you're wrong. It's, oh, I've learned this new fact. So now my opinion is changing about Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then unfortunately, we live in a world where, especially down here in the, the States, um, there's if you want to be right about something, there's so many news outlets and sources of information that will prove that you are right about your thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Even if they're completely baseless and factless and everything else. And yeah, you know, it's like, you know, if you're talking about what's the favorite food, there's no mm -hmm. wrong answer. Like, no, 
That's exactly. your favorite food. I how can I provide any information that would make you wrong about what your favorite food is? Now, if you haven't tried my favorite food and I give it to you, you now have another flavor to consider. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's where an opinion can change. Yeah. But if like <clears throat> if somebody says the world's flat, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's so much evidence yeah. that says yeah. it's not flat. Like yes. I you and that's where you kind of have to say, well, have you seen this science experiment? Have you seen this image? Have you yeah. learned about X, you know, provide all the facts that yes. there are. And if they still want to be wrong, then you just walk away and say, yeah. you know, it doesn't affect me that you think the world's flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. That sounds like a really needed book. Like people need to read this because yeah. it's the funny thing oh, that people that need it don't want to read it. <laughs> Well, yeah, because then it will prove that they're wrong, but not wrong, just not knowledgeable enough. Yeah, right? exactly. Or like you said, they're still going to just choose to be wrong. Can't do anything about that. So one um, last thing, because we have been ch chatting for a long time, and maybe we'll just have to have you on the show again at another point. Um, when I sent you those pre-interview questions, I wanted to ask you about how in elementary school, you had mentioned you were treated like a shy kid instead of being scared. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so it was funny when I read the question, it was just it kind of like, oh, that's what happened as a kid. So my parents, whenever I was around them and we were in you know, a social situation, I was just kind of sitting there watching and observing. Mm -hmm. And so my parents would tell everyone, oh, he's just shy. Oh, he's just shy. Yeah. Oh, he's just shy. And so I'm like, am I shy? I guess I'm shy. My parents said I'm shy, so I must be shy. Is that expectation? Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of put it on me that I was shy. Um, and I might have just been observant and watching the world and didn't want to interact with somebody that I didn't know. Like, and I don't know if that's shy or not. It's just, you know, when the parents say this is what the child is, the child starts to believe it. Yes. Yeah. That's very and true. You know, what if, I, I don't know if introvert, extrovert is a learned trait. I don't know if it's, you know, we come that way. No, I'm not sure. Um, I know that I used to be very much introverted. And since owning a business and getting out and networking, I'm, I'm kind of more extroverted. Yeah. So I think it can change in time. Yeah. Um, but I might have been extroverted. My parents said I was shy. And so I just became introverted as a result could be when you're told and something constantly you internalize it exactly and i think that's what happened when i was a kid okay interesting yeah i like that and i might um, have just been and there were some situations where i was probably scared of them but again that yes. that probably was a learned trait for my mom because a lot of what she says or growing up like she's working on this too because she grew up the same way it was like mm -hmm. be afraid of everything like yes the, the what ifs were always the what if the bad thing happens what if the mm -hmm. negative happens like don't do that because the bad is going to happen yes and you know she was raised that way I was raised that way and so it's like okay so don't do that or be afraid mm -hmm. of everything because the bad is going to happen yeah yeah hmm. interesting yeah you have so much knowledge and experience that you know people need to pick up your books i think <laughs> because <laughs> they really sound quite interesting um so on that note 
what would you tell people who are listening right now? What would you tell them about mental health? Uh, I'd say that the first thing is just to be okay with it. Be acceptant of where you are mm -hmm. and you can do something about it. That is awesome. Yes. Great advice. So where can people follow you? I'd say the fastest and easiest way is to go to havingexpectations.com. Okay. And you can find all kinds of stuff like social media links, the books, the flowchart. Flowchart's free if you want it. Oh, awesome. It Put it on your fridge, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's probably the fastest and easiest way. Okay. Say it one more time for everybody. Havingexpectations.com. Awesome. Um, and where are your books available? Uh, if you go to that website, you can find links. They'll all be on Amazon. So you can buy them all on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I am so glad that I got to ask you lots of questions. Um, and hopefully I didn't stump you. It didn't sound like I stumped you. But, well, yes. I mean, you do improv. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what's your next question? I, I'm going to pretend I'm not stumped, just even if I am. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. People will say, hey, I have a question for you. And I always go, well, I have an answer for you. I don't even know what their question is, but I'll give them some answer. Might not be the yeah. one they're expecting, but I'll give them something. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I just want to say again, thank you so much to Ben for coming on the show. Um, and for everybody who is listening or watching right now, be sure to hit that like and subscribe follow button, um, thumbs up, right? Show your support for our awesome guests and for this show with the message of we need to be honest and open about our mental health. It is the only way to end the stigma.